0: Welcome to Mentoring the Next podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Bowden, and I'm working to amplify the need for mentoring by raising awareness, educating the public, and building community. On this podcast, you will hear from rising professionals who tell their story and share about the mentors who helped them pave the way in their life and their industry. Together, we're going to throw it all the way back to when they got started, talk about the now, and even see how they are paying it forward to future generations. They say it takes a village. Now, who in yours? So I'm sitting down with Panya and Pon. like tampons without the T. So we're going to get to know you a little bit more throughout the podcast, but can you talk about what you do and
1: how you help people? So, my name is Panya Ampon, and I am currently the, this is my second year as the Director of choirs and Orchestras at Mayberry Cultural and Fine Arts Magnet Middle School here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, And I also do a bunch of other things outside of school, but that's like the main, that's like my job that I do from like six in the morning to six at night, depending on the day. Yeah. I'm living our dream.
0: <laughs> okay so um tell me a little bit about the little panya growing up what was his dreams
1: well <laughs> this is that's funny originally i was going to be like a doctor like i totally went to okay. college so like i was in high school like i was super involved in music which is what i teach now but i was super involved in like the sciences and so i like I took, like, anatomy classes and, like, AP, chem, and, like, all these, like, fancy science classes. And then I went to college. I, went to, I started at Newman University, and I was going to be a doctor. Like, I went to school, and I was like, I'm going to be a doctor because my mom's a nurse, and my stepdad's a chiropractor. Okay. And so, like, medical field was just like, oh, yes, like, what a stereotypical Asian man. I'm going to go become a doctor. <laughs> and so I went to Newman, and I entered in my Bio 101 class, and I absolutely hated it. It was terrible. Well, I also had a 7 a.m. lab, which I totally contribute to that. But I also think that because the way that life works is that you experience things and you don't like them. And that's like a sign of like either you needing to persevere through something or you needing to like dip out. And I totally dipped out. So (laughs) I was going to be a doctor. And then um, I was going through life and I was like... I hate this. This is awful. So I decided to transfer to Friends University and get my degree in music education. And then I also ended up, because I had so many credits in science, ended up getting a degree in math as well.
0: Okay. So
1: I have a whole bachelor's in math that I don't use as much as I used to, as I use my music at degree. Okay. But, um, yeah. So, like, I think that answered the question. Right. Yeah.
0: What were your dreams? You were my dream to be a doctor, and here you are. Now
1: I'm being a music teacher, and now my dreams have kind of shifted a little bit. Which everybody's dreams shift a little bit, right. but I think my dream right now, because I feel I always say I'm living the dream because mm-hmm. I get to come to work every day and hang out with these really cool middle school kids and teach them how to be humans. Right. And uh, sometimes, like, teach them music every once in a while. Originally, I didn't want to teach middle school. When I was in college getting my degree, I was like, oh, no, not middle school. Not that. I, like, I was like, I will probably end up, like, when I would tell people, like, oh, what are you going to teach? And I was like, oh, I probably will end up teaching middle school. And then I student taught middle school. Like, so I was in my internship and student teaching middle school, and I fell in love with the kids and, like, the age group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's, like, they're young enough to be, like... They're all five people. right? They're young enough to be like moldable, uh-huh. but then like old enough to like be sassy and sarcastic. Yeah.
0: So you have the personality to be sassy back and sarcastic back. Oh to yes, be like, I can play this game too, girl. Oh, my kids,
1: <laughs> my kids know. My kids know. I am a sassy. I am a sassy gay man, and that gives that I, I give hundred and ten percent of whatever they throw back at me. Mm-hmm. I throw at them. So. Yes, I love that.
0: So, okay, you talked about going through, like, this crazy transitional time at college. Growing up, did you have anyone that was, like, a mentor to you? Or during that time, did you have anyone that, like, really helped you kind of figure out those decisions you were making, whether you wanted to be a doctor, whether you wanted to be a
1: musician, Well, it's kind of weird, because, like, you would think that my parents would kind of be my mentors because of the medical field thing, Mm -hmm. which... Which is, I think, kind of funny because they think they mentored me. Yeah. But they really didn't. Because if you think about a child's life in America, they spend a third of their day at school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And, so I, and I'm not saying that my teachers were the, per, the people that like solely influenced all of my decisions. But like looking back at like my experiences in life, One of the reasons I wanted to become a teacher was because my teachers provided me with a place to be authentically myself and a place where I could express myself outside of my home. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying my home environment was bad. It was phenomenal. My my home environment is very supportive, very welcoming and warm. But um, there was this time in my middle school time because my biological father passed away when I was in seventh grade. And then my mom remarried my freshman year of high school. And so it was just kind of one of those, like, one of those moments of not belonging or feeling like I wasn't belonging, even though, again, my, my whole life, very supportive, very wonderful. But my school life, my music department, which is why I teach music, is because my music department became my home, mm-hmm. right? And my music teachers became those mentors. Mm-hmm. And so now that I teach middle school music, and I love it, and... That's kind of what I hope to be for my students is a ear to listen to them, mm-hmm. but also like not just a ear to listen to them, but someone who can be there consistently
2: mm-hmm.
1: and show up every day that they know is going to be there,
2: mm-hmm. come rain, come shine. Yeah.
1: So that is something that I experienced with my music teachers. And now that I'm a teacher as a colleague with them, they are also my mentors, not only In my work life, but like in my personal life too, which is kind of cool.
0: I love that. And those teachers and those people or your parents, like whoever those mentors are, like what are the consistent kind of qualities and characteristics that they may have that you are kind of taking on to as a mentor?
1: I think my biggest thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be aware Mm -hmm. and be just open and transparent one of my biggest things that i always tell people whether like if i was when i was interviewing for my first job or um just talking about well talking about like leadership styles or whatever it's like the biggest word that i always bring is transparency mm-hmm. and i think that throughout my life all of the role models that i've had have been as transparent as legally possible mm-hmm. because of course you know or, or whatever like HIPAA whatever those, whatever, FERPA, HIPAA, whatever the acronyms are, so many acronyms, but um, because of all those privacy things, but my my teachers tried to be as transparent as possible with the way that things were going to be, the things they were going to do, and they communicated well. And so one of the things that I'm personally working on is becoming a better communicator Mm -hmm. and being somebody that is super open and super honest, but also forward thinking. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that is something that I think because if you're situationally aware of all of the things that are happening around you, whether it be socially, emotionally with people, like you can read people's moods. Like teachers, I don't know what what it is, but teachers can read people's moods like nobody's business. And I'm still a new teacher, so I'm still trying to, like, getting into that, right? Into that fifth, sixth sense so that mm-hmm. people have, that they, that they have of, like, being able to see someone and know they're in distress. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Is something that I took for granted as somebody growing up, that teachers were able to take, Take right, read the room and take it and know what exactly to do or what that student needs at the time. And um, sometimes it's just they need alone time. Sometimes they've been overstimulated and sometimes they need a hug. Yeah. And with COVID, it's been really hard to provide hugs. Well, I mean, it's with masks, they can get hugs, but also like kind of like at the beginning of COVID it, it was like, oh no hugs, no hugs, only fist bumps. you know. Right. So
0: so know. that's very sweet. Um I have like a huge mentor of mine for my last job. Not her name is Lynn Dean, i talked about her a lot on the podcast. But um she is like honesty and transparency. Like gotta have it or no deal. Like, and that's all she does, and she works with high school students, and she's like, I'm going to be real with these kids because there's a chance that no one else is being real with them. Right. And so I love that. That's, like, one of your things is I'm going to be real with these kids, but also I'm going to make sure that I have that
1: filter, too. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's a sense of you have to be authentic mm-hmm. and authentically me, I'm not going to lie, I will show when I'm tired. I show these kids when I'm tired. I tell these kids when I'm tired. And I tell these kids, like, hey, I'm going to try to bring my best, but I slept four hours last night. Or whatever the case may be, like something in my last class upset me and I'm going to try not to let it bother me, but I'm going to let you know that my temper's short today. Or whatever it is, right? Well, Well, in that negative sense, but then in the positive sense, like, oh my gosh, I just had the best sushi ever, or whatever it is. Yeah. Had a great lunch at Quidova. Whatever, whatever the case is. Yeah,
0: and that shows them that they can be real and authentically
1: themselves
0: as well. And that having that role model in person in front of them, who is consistent, showing up every day, shows them that they can be consistent, showing up every day just as they are. All right. And that's okay to be tired and to be upset at something that just happened. But kind of looking at now, um, who are your people? Mm. Who are those people that you're running to right now when you're just like, "Yo, I'm dead. I need some. I need some <laughs> motivation. I need, I need some prayers.
1: I don't know." Well, right now, so my nice. biggest, one of my biggest mentors, happens to be in the classroom right next door, is the okay. band teacher. Okay. She's been teaching for. Oh, I'm is year ten? Is this year ten for her? Ooh, she's gonna hear this podcast and she's gonna go. It's year nine, or it's year ten. I don't remember. (laughs) But anyway, so she's been at the school just a little bit longer than I have. I actually, when her first year at this building was the year that I student taught at this building. So it was just kind of like... But she's been a big mentor to me because we go to lunch together. We do all these kinds of things together. We collaborate all the time. But we vent to each other all the time. And she, but the one thing that she has that I don't have is experience. Mm -hmm. And for her, for her work, like... Her word for me is like gold because the things that come out of her mouth and the ideas that come out of her mouth and the things that she does in her classroom inspire me. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I have an idea or I have a thought or I want to run something by her, I'm like, tell me this is a bad idea right. or tell me this is a wonderful idea or look at what I just did. And she is somebody who I go to legitimately every single day
2: mm-hmm.
1: and ask for help. And so I love that I have a mentor right next door. And then some other mentors in my life are my colleagues uh, across like Kansas or Facebook or whatever it is, like I can ask a question to anybody and they give me some legitimate answers or responses, which is really nice to be able to do because you can't do that in every profession. Mm -hmm. You can't just go next door or go like text somebody and be like, hey, what do I do? How do I do this? But teaching, people have been teaching for so long that it's hard to reinvent the wheel But when you do have to reinvent the wheel, like, somebody has already done it. So they say good teachers steal, and I definitely steal, like, everything.
0: As a mentee right now, still, Mm -hmm. what what does that look like for you? Like, is it hard to ask people for help right now? Is it hard to be vulnerable and in a space of, like, ah, I need that?
1: I'm not going to lie. It is... um, I feel a lot of pressure on myself because I run two departments by myself. So I run a choir department in an orchestra department, which is pretty, which some people run like orchestra and band departments together, or some people run like choir and band departments together. But like not a lot of people in this region of the Midwest run choir and orchestra programs together. And so that experience is kind of unique. And I think I have a lot of pressure being the trailblazer in my opinion. And it's not necessarily like, pressure from anybody else. It's just pressure from myself, internalized pressure to be the best. Right. And I think that I'm scared to ask for help because I want to be the innovator. I want to be the person who came up with something that is so extraordinary that other people want to use it. Right. Because the, the role models in my life, like my current mentor that I was just referencing earlier or the people who I learned to be a teacher from, they are innovators. Mm-hmm. They are the people that are blazing trails and pe- the people that people go to, that others go to, to get what they need. Yeah. And even though I'm a young educator and I'm new to the profession, I want to be that person. But I also have come into this block of being a being a young educator who doesn't have the understanding yet of where to draw boundaries. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a struggle with anybody in any scenario or situation of saying no Mm -hmm. or learning when to say no or how to say no. And I think that as a mentee, that's something I struggle with, not necessarily saying or being scared to ask for help, but being scared to say no. Mm -hmm. Because as a mentee, for example, if your mentor asks you to do something, and you as the mentee are there, and it's like, oh, no, like I cannot physically do that. Being scared to tell your mentor no is kind of like you feel like you're burning a bridge, but you know you're not. It's just right. like you preserving yourself,
2: Right.
1: But, you're, but you feel like you've let somebody down. One thing that's been kind of interesting is we as a generation of being like young millennials mm-hmm. have kind of come from it of this like, no, we need to work hard. We have this drive to work hard and be the best and be trailblazers, right. be these leaders. And these people of the older generation don't necessarily see that. They think we're worthless or they think that we don't work as hard sometimes. Right. And then we they, feel like we need to prove ourselves. And then they look at us and they go, why are you working so hard? Right. So they, they they kind of go against their themselves and they're kind of like hypocritical.
0: How are you looking forward and finding ways to get plugged in to pay it forward to the next generation? So we talked about a lot of like you as a mentee, but how are you as a mentor getting involved?
1: So right now, so outside of school, I am involved with an organization called Be Seen. And so mm-hmm. I actually serve as a lead mentor for that organization. And that organization is a locally based um, arts organization focused on providing education and civic engagement for the Asian American community in Wichita. So we focus primarily on um, using the arts to promote different initiatives but or like different social initiatives and provide um, resources for different things. So for example when we initially launched the campaign it was targeted towards voter engagement because it was during the year of the election and so we were focused on providing translated resources for people because Asian Americans often get neglected for um, surveys and then we get neglected for um, polls. And so when you see like data that comes from national offices about voter engagement,
2: mm-hmm. a lot of
1: them say black, Hispanic, white, mm-hmm. other. And we qualify as other. But the Asian American population makes up a pretty decent amount of the melting pot that is America the great american melting pot to quote um, you know schoolhouse rock but i think that so in that capacity i serve as a lead mentor and what we focus so like our most recent thing is we put up a just or we put up a art exhibit at the chainlink fence gallery in downtown detroit yeah. that's like hanging on a chainlink fence up there and we um We commissioned uh, 10 local Asian artists to create 10 four foot by four foot panels. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, you know, we painted them and hung them up. And each of the panels represents a different civic engagement theme or social initiative. Mm -hmm. So for example, some of them talk about sex work, or some of them talk about, um, like, alternative careers for Asian people. For example, not doctor, lawyer, engineer, but what other things we can do. Or talking about immigration and talking about all of these different social initiatives or social issues that Asian Americans face Mm -hmm. and then presenting them in a way of art. So so our organization now has transformed into not only working on these social initiatives, but including youth. So right now we're targeting and recruiting young leaders from local area high schools mm-hmm. and colleges um, trying to get the word out and trying to recruit people to become mentees mm-hmm. and not only provide them a network like because there's there's an organization in, t- in town called NAP which is the um, Asian Professionals
0: but mm-hmm.
1: um, BeSeen is an arts organization so we focus again on we have the ability to focus on people who are not professionals yet mm-hmm. because as you know young people aren't necessarily considered professionals if you don't work in business, okay, in a sense, in certain yeah. senses, right? And so our organization is specifically targeted towards younger Asian Americans to allow them leadership experience and guide them in not only leadership practices, but providing them with that mentor network yeah. of people who have a desire to work on the same social initiatives as they do. Right. We kind of, the reason we're named BC, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons is because we are often seen as the silent minority Mm -hmm. and we aren't noticed a lot. So like until Stop Asian Hate came out, right? Or Stop Asian Hate Crimes or whatever that was called, that initiative, that social initiative. Um, And
0: that like really picked up a lot during COVID.
1: Right. Because of the Mm -hmm. whole, because of the whole... um,
0: At the beginning of COVID too, I remember because COVID or... The
1: connotations of COVID, right. Leading towards being the quote-unquote Kung flu flu and all of these different things relating to it originating from Asia and all of these things. It's like, it it really sparked conversations about immigration, but it also really sparked conversations about diversity and inclusion, right? DEI, we had Black Lives Matter, and immediately after we had Asian, like, stop Asian hate. Mm -hmm. And what's insane about it? Is just the sheer amount of conversation that was sparked. It was like, why haven't we been having these conversations before? Right. But seen actually launched the gel, July of COVID. We actually mm-hmm. launched the July of COVID, which was not at act. Well, we were planning to launch the July of COVID. I mean, July of that year, of that 2019 year. Or no, 2020, excuse me. That 2020 year. But then COVID happened anyway. And so right. we, launched, we launched all digitally.
0: And you said, okay, let's go. Let's, okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's
1: do it. And so it was insane because we launched. Ooh, that's a vacuum. We launched and it all just kind of spiraled and we we just drove it because right. it, we were able to run a digital campaign Right.
0: because
1: Especially COVID. Especially
0: because, like, all these conversations were already happening. And so I feel like that really probably drove your, like, motivation to make this happen.
1: Right. Like,
0: this is needed.
1: Right for our for our, the voices of the Asian American community to be heard, but also for us as a community right. to literally be seen, which right. is kind of again the naming of it.
0: I love that it's like become so much in so little time and develops so fast. Right. Okay. So next, um, what else? Where else are you at in the mentor capacity as a mentor? Um.
1: So well. I guess right now I'm working with Juniper Arts, and I'm working as a program facilitator at Juniper, and so um, we're interacting. Um, obviously, you know what Juniper is, <laughs> but do, do people on the podcast know? Well,
0: I think they will know. They will know. They will know because we will be um, interviewing Lisa next.
1: Yes. So that'll be exciting. Um, yes. Well, anyways. we talked a
0: little bit about it with Vanessa, who's
1: done a couple workshops for the right. volunteers. Right, so yeah. Juniper focusing on providing a quality, inclusive um, arts education for juveniles or youth in the juvenile justice system. And so I serve as a program facilitator for Juniper Music. And so right now what I do is I help with vocal warm-ups and I also sing with the kids and, and run programs. And so this, this upcoming um, three weeks, I'm going to be teaching uh, what we call vocal improvisation. And so teaching the kids to explore all of the sounds of their voice, whether it, like they be ugly sounds or pretty sounds, there's really not an ugly sound, there are sounds that are displeasurable, but I think that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, mm-hmm. and I want to teach the youth that it really is in the eye of the beholder, and any sounds that come out of our mouths can be perceived in ways, because perception is reality, but teaching them that they can be themselves and be free with the, thing, the choices that they make, mm-hmm. and kind of... Using that, using music as that segue into that.
0: So I know that you probably are involved in more ways than just these two organizations. Um, But do you have any resources that come to mind when you think of ways that um, people, young professionals, anyone who's looking to be a mentor, can get plugged in and involved um, here in Wichita specifically?
1: Well, I think. what I was going to say, so that I brought it up a little bit earlier, but the Kansas Music Educators Association has a, a mentoring network. Mm-hmm. And so they have different representatives for the different regions of Kansas. So they broke Kansas up into three different um, subgroups. And so one rep- there's a mentoring chair, and that person kind of disseminates uh, all the mentors and talks to those people within their region. And so, or they pair the people up because they're pretty well networked. So I would say, for those people, one, who want to get involved in becoming a mentor, join an organization. Talk about talk to the people who are involved and see if that is an organization where, one, you want to invest yourself and invest your time. Because as somebody who is pretty involved, you and myself included, I've come to learn that it's not necessarily about who you know, but it's about who knows you. And if you want to become a mentor or you want to become that person, become that person And let people notice. Mm -hmm. I think that getting involved and getting in there and showing that you have things to offer others Mm -hmm. will provide you being will allow you to be that mentor because you don't necessarily have to mentor people younger than you. There are people older than you that just haven't lived the experiences that you've lived or don't have that knowledge that you have, and so being a mentor to them is totally feasible thing. Right. Um, So yeah, I, I like for music educators. The Kansas Music Educators Association is Kansas Music Educators Association is the association <laughs> that I would totally have you join, get in, get involved. And I think that on the national level, you can also do that with that organization as well, NAFME um, National Association for Music Education. Um, but for youth here in Wichita specifically, I think that getting involved in your honor society in your high schools or going to your colleges and getting involved in like the Office of Diversity and Inclusion mm-hmm. or going to your university and getting involved with campus ministries or getting involved with those organizations in your area or in your community that are reaching out to you mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. and start to get involved so that you can be the person to reach out to others. Yeah, I
0: love that. Um, you you talked about um, it's not who you know it's who knows you and I really think about that a lot now because you're not the first person that said that on the podcast so not to call you enough, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sold no, it for my mom I, so. I, I really like that because um, I look at the many times someone's like well let me introduce you to this person that I know and that ends up being an mentorship opportunity and like it's like someone knows you, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get you guys connected because you guys are gonna meet each other, and it's gonna be a relationship, a positive relationship. that's gonna have, like grow." And yeah. Anyway. Yes. Thank you so much for like providing all these like resources and opportunities for those that are in, interested in the music industry, and also for those who are just looking for ways to get involved in plucked in general. You're providing a lot of like. Little nuggets. Here's the fun part where I play a little game. I don't know if you've heard this part of the podcast. Oh my
1: gosh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, I haven't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I've been saving it. I'm ready.
0: Okay, so, um, all right. I'm gonna, it's gonna be a word association. I'm gonna say a word and you're gonna say a word that comes to mind. Or you're gonna say a word or phrase that comes to mind. Okay, first word is mentor.
1: (laughs) Um, mentor, uh, uh, Oh gosh, do I have to think of like a single word? Oh gosh, um, mentor, you said phrase. Okay. I mentor, I say mentee. Community. Family. Love.
0: Education. Teacher. Create. Art. And next. Step. I love that. What's the next step? Alright, well thank you so much, Panya, for being on Again, and on By Pampon. Yes. Um, I really appreciate it. And thanks for providing great nugs. And to our listeners, thank you for listening and tuning in.